0: Tears, exasperation, calls to repentance. You've got it all here. And if you don't want to hear it, just move along. Now, if you think there's something about the move that is worth salvaging, and if you are willing to lay down at least a little bit of pride and work together to make things work then keep listening otherwise if you're going to keep being ugly just move along nothing to see here welcome this is Jesus the patterned son I attempt to give you sonship doctrine that is faithful And fulsome or in other words, a go at it that's biblical and orderly. Good morning. Hello, shalom. I wanted to share my heart today. Although put myself in a vulnerable position, but I see no better option really. I wanted to share my heart because I still have a flame of hope, a little flicker of hope. I popped into convention. I wanted to see my friends. I have a flicker of hope. I have other friends who are very upset with me for doing these things. Wasted time, they would say. Or worse. And they're not wrong but I have such love so please hear my heart I wanted to see my friends I still have hope you know we all signed on to the move because we wanted to go all the way with God and we have so many friends who are so far off the track now I don't think that I am so perfect I pray with tears nearly every day, Lord, help me to do the right thing. I struggle with the shortcomings of results. And I'm quite certain that not all my friends do this or feel this way. Just a moment I have to wipe a tear. I'm quite certain that what I say will not help me. But I am so desirous that it might help someone else. Will open me up to attack, possibly even lose the very relationships that I care so much for. But I signed up to be a son of God, to not rank my own interests above those of others, but the reverse. And so this is how I live, even though often the results are not the way I wish, but it's the best I know how to do. So I popped into convention and was glad to see a few friends. So sad because there are so few. So many have died. And others are not dead, but have lost their ability, and that's sad. And this is a warning to everybody, You'd better do the right things while you had the opportunity. And then there were others there, others who were not there, others who were not there, young enough to be there, but chose not to be and all of this is sad but at the end i made i made real attempt to go out there and have opportunity to talk after convention the day morning after people are not eating in the restaurant i haven't for decades now <laughs> but i went to see about having breakfast well no one was having breakfast but i did get to say hello to a few people in the lobby. So one lady, you know, with the smug smile of, as if she had offered me cake or something, oh, did you enjoy convention? Right. What are you going to say? You can't be honest. <laughs> well, Thursday night, there had been a few good and pleasant points. But, the night before had been really a terrible embarrassment that this was permitted to go on. And it's my modus operandi not to call out an individual, although it is the modus operandi of the move to isolate and attack people individually, if not publicly, at least isolate them socially and then attack them directly well I'm not going to engage in that but anyway it it was not good and so what do you say in the lobby there when somebody oh did you enjoy convention right and you you're there to try to make create retain relationships and so i said well let's see thursday night so i I'm trying to be humorous but make a point you know thursday night we learned that scripture doesn't actually tell us who samson's philistine wife was in the first place i'm not sure he that delilah was his wife but The name Delilah comes up several times something like five times in scripture so we were told that it was a trick question that script and and then the answer was that scripture doesn't actually tell us the name of Samson's wife okay so this is an opportunity to look over one's spectacles We'll come back to this. And then and then Friday night we were told that Jesus penned letters to the churches and sent those letters by angelic messengers. Once again it's time to look over one's spectacles with two dark eyes and look. All right. So There should have been either silence with downcast face or a laugh. Okay. So, the Thursday night one, I was a second generation, so somebody young enough that don't think that that was a mistake. Maybe it was a double trick. possible that it was a mistake. You know, we are not told Manoah's wife's name, which was Samson's mother, but we do know who Delilah is. Okay, but once again, we have preaching that is only ostensibly out of the Bible. Nobody actually opens it up and reads it. The second time, you, you just, you cannot make up hypotheses. So the answer should have been either downcast face, an embarrassment or a laugh but w- the response instead was well you can ask you can ask you can ask i mean it's exasperatingly insane response in the first place why would i want to ask i can this this is a question of fact of what the text of the bible says and i know very well what the text of the bible says i do Perhaps not everyone preaching it her did anyway why would I ask in the second place no you you may not ask you may not ask that's ridiculous why would I ask not only there is no point to ask what the content is because that's undeniable but it's not permitted socially to ask that would not create anything good, and were I foolish enough to do so, anyway, it's not permitted. This is hilarious. But it was repeated over and over. You can ask no. So personally, the second speaker is not somebody you can interact with. Anyway, uh, the insanity, the the insanity, the. Pride and the broken social structure so illustrated there and I said something probably not the right thing. No, you can't you can't ask that's ridiculous. Anyway Well I made some other I flopped about that I made some other point which I can't remember at this moment. So let me go back Back to, did I enjoy the convention? And I'm not going to talk about what I, her, but I'm going to tell you truthfully. And then if I remember the rest of that conversation, we'll go back to that. So, do I enjoy going to conventions? I enjoy seeing the people because I loved them. I loved them so much. I love the people in the move I love the move itself more than my own family but it's so sad so sad besides sadness you know I drive away with tears in my eyes not just because we're experiencing deaths and we're experiencing loss of ability. But we're, every year that goes by, we experience less of the fire. I mean, 15 years ago, there were only embers in the States. And now the last flickers of those are going out. And I... So that's sadness, but I also feel grief. 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 When I see these, and now they're all men, stand up, and I see incompetence. So, how many years—fifty years—we've had preaching marathons, and we, we don't have even competence in delivering a sermon. Grief, <laughs> but that's that's insignificant compared to the adamant refusal to repent of the atrocities. Now, there there is hope born because I see a little progress. So, sometime, maybe it was about 20 years ago, most of the competent lieutenants were kicked out of the move because they wanted to talk about grace. And Thursday night, some of the highlights were that so very respected leader said, You know, becoming a son of God is impossible. The task to which we've been called is impossible, and therefore we must depend upon grace. Good. Ha, hallelujah. Huge progress. We're talking about grace now. And you can see that there is some personal progress in the life of the preacher who has acted so extraordinarily badly, so massively for so long. And you, you see in what he said that there is progress there. But is there repentance as a move? As a whole group? No, there's the adamant, insane, pride and holding to the sin of years past. Just a little more repentance and some reconciliation. Another little flicker was, at the end, there was a comment of, you know, we should have hope for those who've left. Like, as if they might come back. No, you're the one who was off track. You are the one who needs to repent, and seek reconciliation. Because your leaders, the leaders, the generation who's now in their sixties, are somewhere else. You're the one who needs to repent. You're going to have faith that they came back. Well, that's a that's a little step forward. That's a little, little flame up from the embers. But if you couch it in this refusal to repent refusal to see the light refusal continuing not to preach from the Bible refusal to read the Bible to know the Bible refusal to follow the Spirit refusal okay another thing such grief refusal to be pastoral there has not been any shepherding for how many decades if there were ever I was too young to know what was going on. Sixties and the early seventies in terms of that. But I can see now there's no shepherding. When I went to Bowens and I would eat with the people, and I would talk with the people. after I preached, women came out of the woodwork all over wanted to talk with me. And one of the things that was said very clearly and not just once was Thank you for eating with us. Thank you for talking with us. You see, so the people who have more money or more status, they don't sleep in the dorms and they might not even eat at the tabernacle. So folks in the tabernacle are dealing with the weather. Sam wanted (laughs) eating out in the open. And everybody else has a house high status people have a house. And so there's not there's not shepherding. There's not pastoring. In a context of high criticism and telling you how to run your life, right? So here are people and I see this, I see this since I've run my own life economically for decades. I see elders who have not run their economics well they have not run their family well you can see because their children are not with them (laughs) and they're continuing to act badly interpersonally and yet they want to tell you somewhat randomly how to run your life Oh, I'm sure I've told you (laughs) there was this elder who wasn't coming to service he lived on the farm he didn't always come to service he you know had excuses but but he spent most of his evenings watching television and yet he concocted stories. I was driving in from nine nine hours away to go to service but he concocted the story and passed it around that actually lived in town and just chose not to come to service. (laughs) It's the iron law of projection. (laughs) You see the liberals accuse the you see that Democrats accuse the Republicans of all the things they're doing. It's the iron law of woke projection, a term that James Lindsay has concocted, but it's very true. So projection is saying that other people are doing what you do. You, you see the world based on your own mentality. Okay, and so that was what was happening. I was driving in. I didn't live there at all. I drove nine miles nine hours. I drove nine hours back in those years if I wanted to come to to the service at that farm and I did several times but he told everybody I lived in town just wasn't choosing to come to service. Well there are some times I have lived in town and chosen not to come to service. Okay look here is another real point and I grieve. So the move still thinks it's the elite they're the ones who know the Bible well back in the 60s when they were preaching the the tabernacle yes there weren't very many people who did that but today driving home turning on the radio I got better tabernacle teaching than ever heard in a move and people do know who Manoah's wife was and who Delilah was generally in any church Oh, but the move thinks they're all that and a bag of chips they think they're yeah well that that's pretty apt because bag of chips is commercial <laughs> so the move was go to the wilderness and now we have whole prepping movements which the move is innocent of the move still officially in some places thinks they will never die but they can't even believe for healing they are so far away that they have concocted and generally agreed upon concocted stories about why we shouldn't even pray for healing, shouldn't even believe for healing. And we've got other, many other groups that see miracles fairly regularly. And the move is standing over here steeped in their pride to the point they look insane. And other churches it was said kind of amusingly, oh, we're not Pentecostal. <laughs> I don't know where my, my two-year-old grandson got this. He was jumping up and down saying, praise the Lord. Well, that was very cute, but uh, newsflash, we are Pentecostal. The move was always Pentecostal. If you came out of the latter rain, the latter rain came out of Pentecost. So sorry, ding a ling a You think you're not Pentecostal because we've been on our leaves for so many decades. You don't even know about it. There was a story, somebody had been asked for prayer. Okay, so somebody who's not in the move asked a move person who may knew from work, uh, job, situation to pray for them. And so that was mentioned at the convention. So you don't even know that 15 years ago or more, the, the church generally started this, well, we're not going to pray, put you on our prayer list. We'll pray right now right? If you expect miracles, you would pray right now. You don't say, oh, we'll pray. Anybody wants to take this up? You're like, because oftentimes that doesn't happen. But if it does, just putting somebody on your prayer list. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a list of prayer to pray for. You know, I have a prayer list. I pray for my grandsons. I pray for Israel. I pray for uh, the leaders of the country. So I have a list, yes. But When you say put you on your list, what you're saying is, I don't really expect this to happen anytime soon. But if you say, oh, you broke your leg, well, let's pray for it right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, be healed. Okay, (laughs) that's how you pray if you expect healing. (laughs) Right? Quite aside from the fact that there are people who, who are now using it to gain status. Let me pray for you okay stop that fortunately we don't have that but the point is the move still thinks it's the elite when they haven't recognized the body of Christ and they are missing the revelation that other moves have and that's kind of widespread and kind of deep and wide you've been isolated for so many decades. And this refusal to to study the Bible. So this very same woman who asked me if I enjoyed convention said, well you could ask. She kind of made fun of me about 15 years ago. She said, oh you you like to study. Because she walked into my house my living quarters there and i had bible study helps books all on the table oh you like to study ha 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 yeah i do like to study ha 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 I get revelation when i study the bible have you ever heard anybody in the move preach on the tabernacle actually from the bible or have you always seen them preach from a diagram but never from the Bible. And we, of course, adopted the typological method of preaching. You know, there are a number of ways to read and interpret the Bible. First off is face value. And then there's the anagogical, the morality, the allegorical, the typological The medieval Bible studiers could come up with eight levels. That wasn't quite eight. But anyway, you get the point. My dicta would be maybe all eight, but none of them had better violate the face value. Oh, this reminds me of what I said. Yeah, so I remember in convention some very well respected at the time man is standing up and preaching from hebrews 9 is saying that jesus obtained salvation by what he suffered on the cross and we likewise must obtain our own individual salvation by what we suffer yes this was about asking right and i noticed that it was not the modus operandi of the move to ask so preaching from hebrews 9 you you understand what hebrews 9 says so just in case you don't let me go get a king james and read it to you what it says in hebrews 9 okay so hebrews 9 okay let's just start in verse 7 so the writers of Hebrews, she's comparing the old covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, with this new covenant and in Jesus Christ and pointing out the superiority, right? Okay, verse six. Hebrews nine and verse six. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests, meaning the Levitical priests, went always into the first tabernacle. Accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. So you understand that the high priest went in to the holiest of holies and sprinkled blood every year. That was the Mosaic. Time. Okay, verse 8. The Holy Ghost, this signifying, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest well as the first tabernacle was yet standing which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation verse 11, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of Bulls and of goats, and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purification of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? verse 15 for this cause he Jesus is the mediator of the New Testament and that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament they which were called might receive the promise of of eternal inheritance and it goes on and on it says without the shedding of blood is no remission but the point is that in the Mosaic Covenant there was a temple and sin was taken away by the shedding of blood uh, of blood of of animals but in this time we had a perfect sacrifice the son of god perfect sacrifice so he's not obtaining salvation for himself and He was our sacrifice and obtained salvation for us now you can argue that the for us was added. But the, co- the whole context clearly says that our conscience are purged from dead works to serve the living God. And that the whole book is that we now have a perfect high priest and a perfect sacrifice. And therefore, we should believe and receive the salvation. This is the whole point of the book. It's the whole point of the chapter. It's the whole point of the verses. and i won't call the name but somebody was preaching jesus obtained salvation by suffering for himself and we likewise have to obtain salvation and i saw not not an eye blink not an opening of the bible i was so shocked at this and at that time when was this Oh eight oh nine something like that, and so I was reflecting in that time how how that would have been received in the early seventies. Everybody would be in the foyer of the hotel outside of the ballroom where it had been preached, with our Bibles, searching, asking each other, and then grabbing for our local elder. Explain this to us. To how is this right? Okay that's what it would have been so back in the 70s we would have asked but by 2008 we knew not to ask and I even remarked on it to like how is it that nobody had a quibble about that and they said well we've probably they've heard it before yes and so the woman who I'm talking to in the foyer of the hotel the recent convention she just smiled Right, so she is smiling a prideful smile, like oh yes, we 've heard it before, and you silly girl don't understand the the deep revelation, uh not exactly, so anyway, going back to whenever this was oh eight oh nine or whatever, so I called, I was talking on the phone with Ross Bracewell, and as Ross would was wont to do, he laughed i said so and so preached at that Jesus obtained salvation for himself by suffering on the cross and and we likewise have to obtain salvation for ourself by suffering of course in body life by putting up with the atrocities that the elders commit upon us telling us this and that we have to die to self in this way of course we didn't have to say that because we understand that's what was meant anyway Ross just laughed and said ha 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 well so-and-so needs to look at Hebrews 9. And I said Ross he was preaching from Hebrews 9 he was actually preaching from Hebrews 9 he said turn to Hebrews 9 and that's what he preached so nobody's reading the words on the page nobody was reading the words on the page in their homes that's why I got ridiculed for oh you like to study ha 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 and today people aren't even opening the Bible now I think that maybe part of this is that the preachers are so old they can't actually see the page can not actually see the page and that's why they don't open their Bible and read it and of course Although we have electronics, there was a electronic in the room because the hotel has it. That's not the modus operandi of the move because it never was. So we have recordings. I think you could probably get them on CDs and not cassette tapes anymore, but posting the scripture verse is just something we, you know, we're not uh, up on that fa- that fashion. In the move, so. It's very sad when you get questions of fact and no one knows no, no, one, no one knows that Jesus didn't pin the letters to the churches and send them via angelic messengers well has there been Sunday school are there even schools today and what was ever taught in those schools well who knows In some cases, we had very dedicated teachers. Actually, in one case, I know there is a school and very dedicated teachers, and they're given some little stipend. But typically, the school teachers were not paid. So people have to go out and do careers for money. Other people, completely poor. And there was never any addressing. Again, there's still to this day not the acknowledgement that Sam taught us Not to have bank accounts. And we have people who have insurance agencies. You know, and you could say, fine. You'd say, well, I don't agree with that. Uh, I chose to do this. This is how the Lord's led me. We haven't changed. But none of that's happening. You see, there's no acknowledgement of change. There's no acknowledgement of repentance. There's no acknowledgement of ever being wrong on the part of the ministry. But anybody else, people who were good ministers, who actually did shepherd people, people who ran businesses, people who took care of other people and and either stepped away or kicked out either way, they're the ones who should have respect. I think when we all get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of surprises. People walk around with rank, whether whether or not they're going to be bigger in spirit or they have rank uh, insignias. I don't know how that's going to work out. But we're going to see that there are many women who said nothing all their lives, but who cooked for everyone who took of all the children who cleaned and who worked on their character and followed Jesus in their humble callings and they're going to have great respect in heaven. And there are going to be other people who stepped on people, who elbowed people for rank, who have rank, who are proud of their rank in the social structures of men who are going to find themselves just barely squeaking into heaven. And there are going to be people who violated their conscience, who who stuck themselves, who sacrificed their relationship with the Lord to follow great preachers, people who were considered to be great preachers, preachers who had great respect and who tore hooves off the sheep who we will not find in heaven you know Dante in his inferno he, he had a tour of hell that's what Dante's inferno the great book was and in the tour there was a whole level of hell where bishops were roasting in their graves I think he, he, he said it this way respectfully so that it wasn't indecent so he wouldn't get in trouble from the bishops but they were in a lower boggle of hell lower rung, closer to Satan and In Dante's hell, I think Satan was a small and very cold place in the center of hell. But the bishops had their special place, and much lower than the gluttons, much lower than the... And so I think we will find that what we tend to respect in the social structures of men will not be what God respects. So here is my point, please. You know what is right and wrong. You have allowed yourself to be confused, battered by preaching and in, by incompetent preaching, by a method of caring for your souls that wasn't shepherding. You but you still know what was What's wrong and right, most of you were taught by your mothers, so in all of your doing to become sons of God, notice that your very character is really at issue. that's not what been that's not what has been preached. It has been preached that you need to do what the elders tell you, but the Bible clearly says, "Get away from rage and be kind to other people, and you know we should look at some of those scriptures. What's called the hostiles, the, the lists of character building. So, you know we've heard Ephesians four and eleven, so much that it's burned a hole in our ears. But what about the last part of Ephesians four? Let him who steals. Still no more. Let us labor. Let no corrupt communication. Grieve not, Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger. And be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Have you heard a sermon on that in the move? In 50 years? So I'm calling you. I'm calling you, beloved, really, because I really do love you. Open your Bible and work on your character. Open your Bible and actually read it. And don't believe something that's completely contrary to the face value. Uh, You know I believe in typological preaching. But there's also nonsense. And somebody can stand up and twirl around and preach for two hours and say nothing good. But there are telltale signs of stupidity. And there is no point in then on top of stupidity and nonsense or ensconced, having it ensconced in such overweening pride and refusal to repent. we got to walk around in a repentant attitude at this point. Open the Bible. Work on your character. Be kind to other people. And if you are a leader, have the fear of God. Because you know that God is going to judge you more harshly because so of what you have done to the souls of other people have you not weighted souls down you've attached concrete blocks to little children and thrown them in the lake people who Were less gifted mentally than you. Couldn't study the Bible. Tried to do the right thing and tried to do because you were the preacher. But you have thrown people out of salvation. Led them to deny the Lord that bought them. Kicked them out for wanting to talk about grace broken up families, snatched economic ability from people. And your grandchildren go to college, but there's a whole generation of us who didn't because that's what was preached, told us not to see our families. when We were in our teens. And there's been no repentance. There's been some improvement. But folks... You're still flying the plane nose to the ground. At this point, the nose cone is already touching the ground, and you're still flying it in a downward direction. I'm calling you to repent. I'm calling you to open up your Bibles, open up your hearts, start doing the right things that you jolly well know to do. This is why I don't enjoy going to conventions. I am grieved. Deeply grieved about the fundamentals and exasperated. Exasperated. So, things that you th- so for 50 years you think you've been the elite and you confident that you are the sons of God on the earth, the hands and feet of Jesus, to the point that you. Forgot about Jesus. Even today, I don't hear Jesus preached. Today there are sometimes prayers. <laughs> when I left the move, there were no prayers. There were no prayers, and talking about Jesus was said to be a Jesus spirit. It was a religious spirit to talk about Jesus back in what was that, nineteen seventy nine or so. So. There needs to be repentance, turning around. The very worst sin of all is to substitute yourself for Jesus. and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Do you remember when we used to preach out of uh, sung songs, right? And uh, so but when I came back in 6, Brother Joe said, yes, uh, we've corrected that. The ministry is only the best man it's not it's not the bridegroom. Okay. Let's get it really straight. I I don't think there has been any straightness. Okay? And you know, when you have good brains and you try to take doctrine out of the phenomenal, right? into the noumenal, basically what you're saying is we're not going to permit you to ask a question. That that was actually what was preached Friday night that was was the real import there was not enough structure to to remember what was said but but that was actually the point is that well it's true that spiritual experience is noumenal. but when we start talking about doctrine it has to be out of the numinal it has to be into language and that's why we have a bible that's god knew this okay so we have a historical and fourfold, at least fourfold if you talk about the uh, Gospels, witness to the historical Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, okay? And we have all of the prophetic books focused on that, so all the prophecy. And we have example of outworking in the early church. That's why we have the Bible, because it has to be. And, and Jesus is actually called Logos, right? And we also have the Rhema. It is propositional. Truth is propositional. Truth is numeral fundamentally, but if it cannot be translated into the propositional, then we cannot distinguish between truth and falsity, and we are told that we must. We must try the spirits. We're told we're commanded to try the spirits. First John chapter 4 verse 1 king james version beloved believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of god because many false prophets are gone into the world and by the way if you don't know there are large print bibles if you can't see the bible to read it in the pulpit and Bringing it up to your face and adjusting your glasses don't work. You can buy large print Bibles. FYI. And we're told to say goodbye, not receive the false prophets. So if you think that you are going to get away with preaching a non structured sermon saying things that are verifiably factually false, but the point is that we cannot ever question and that was the point of the whole sermon. We cannot question the preaching. That was the point of the the and it was only one <laughs> sermon on Friday night, although there was some tantalizing comments. Something new and fresh from outside the move comments, but there was no time for that because we're all too old and tired. can't stay up (laughs) to all hours like we used to do in the 70s. I love you. I love you. I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you walking in the Spirit on earth. I would like to further the whole move of God toward maturity. That's what is the good part and the right part of what we have here is let us go on. Let us go on to be like Jesus. Let us go on to maturity. Let us go on as a many-membered body of Christ. Let us go on. But we're going to have to go in the right direction, folks. And you're flying the plane in the wrong direction. And I'm very grieved about it because I love you. And for me saying this, this might be the last opportunity that I have for interacting. Please, please, please. Please act right. Don't be insane anymore. Please give us a like wherever you are listening to us so that others might find us. And please share directly with those who might be interested. You are invited to write us at sister at org. sister at Sun. And of course, you are welcome to come to our website at JesusPatternSon.org. May the Lord bless you.